Welcome to the Prez Paul podcast, a place for us to engage and hear honest and curious dialogue about Nazareth College and the people who are at the heart of who we are. I'm excited to welcome you to our second season. We're starting a new series on the podcast. It's the Prez Paul podcast Changemaker series, as if that mouthful wasn't enough. So what's a changemaker? Well, at Nazareth, any person who takes action to address a problem, collaborates with others, works towards solutions for the good of all is a changemaker. Nazareth was founded by changemakers and we've been educating changemakers for nearly 100 years. So our changemaking mission is to develop and engage students in working for social change. And I'm so excited to welcome the guests for today because they're such wonderful examples of this mission. So today we welcome some Nazareth changemakers, Brian Stevens, who is director of choirs in the School of Music, and two Nazareth students, Jonathan Ben and Elena Parkins. Jonathan is a sophomore music ed major with a vocal concentration, and Elena is a graduate student at Nazareth in our music therapy program, and both are members of Nazareth's Chamber Singers. I'm so excited that you're here today, and I'm very excited about our conversation. So let's get started. So Brian, I've heard the mantra of both the Chamber Singers and Treble Choir is singing changes lives. I love that. What a great way to start off our Changemaker series. Can you explain why this mantra is so important to your choirs? I can indeed. Um, this is a mantra that I've supported throughout my career, but particularly here at Nazareth. It's been embraced deeply by our students and it integrates seamlessly into our Changemaker framework. Um, the foundation of my teaching, I feel, is a steadfast commitment to create these pathways for students from all sorts of diverse backgrounds to be transformed emotionally, culturally, socially, and spiritually through the exploration and experience of the art of choral music. Of course, the magic begins in the rehearsal process, right? Uh, it's exciting, holistic, integrative. It offers both me and the singers um, the opportunity for personal growth uh, through this cumulative series of experiences. Um, I, this transformative learning in the choir, I feel illuminates the process of developing more critical self-awareness, potential shifts in perspective. It also helps elicit the formation of focus and discipline for creativity and change and ultimately allows students to reach their potential of becoming more engaged artists, scholars, leaders, and change makers. When we bring this into a concert performance and we are in our community, our choral community, uh, I really and fundamentally believe that it changes lives. When you sing, you, uh, I heard Bobby McFerrin once say, you're literally uh, sending a physical presence out into the world that's received physically by someone else. So when you really think about that, we, we tend to gloss over, but every time we speak or communicate, let alone sing or perform, is literally touching somebody. It's, a, it's a, something that I think is very intimate and also has a high degree of responsibility. So because there's a physical element, I really and truly believe that it changes lives. Wow, that is very, very powerful. What I'm part of what I'm hearing you say is that you are focused on changing your students' lives through this powerful transformative education, 
so that they are better able to then change lives in a deeper, more powerful way. And that is a beautiful illustration of what we think of as change maker here. That that really is very, very moving. Thank you. It, it and that that's exactly it. They they are the next generation. They are they will continue the art form. They will continue to establish communities and change lives uh, long after we're gone. And we need to just keep this cycle of pay it forward going out into the world. I couldn't agree more. Jonathan, talk about what being a change maker means to you. What, what does it mean when you sing? Yeah, definitely. So the change maker framework really lines up with being a musician. Um, you can honestly change the word change maker to musician and mm -hmm. it fits just right there. Um, and right in front of you, that's just, that's what musicians strive for um, every day. So when Professor Stevens gives us a new piece, he always says, find a way to connect to this piece because then your listener will connect to you. Mm. And, and he's exactly right. That, that's, that's how we connect. Um, and we never know what the listener is thinking when they listen to us, but we can change their lives by touching their hearts with, with our performance. Um, and, and by doing this, we sing a large variety of pieces from many different composers. Um, we sing music by composers of different nationalities, such as a composer from Sweden. And because Professor Stevens brings in an array of composers, we are able to learn more about what is going on in maybe Sweden compared to Venezuela or in different areas. And I'm able to learn what is culturally relevant in not just this country, but the world throughout and from Professor Stevens' work. And I can then put what I've learned just from what Professor Stevens has selected into my own personal work and my own global citizenship that I go into, not just every day here in college, but in the future once I start my career and things like that. That's really great. You know, I can't help but think about this time that we've all been living through this last year and a half. And one of the things that has been uh, on my mind a lot is new ways of connecting. You know, we've been isolated in many ways. We've been disconnected and divided in many ways. And to me, music is one of the most powerful ways to connect, to bring people together. And I love what you're saying, Jonathan, about a global connection. You know, we are human. We are fundamentally human. And pulling that humanity, that that shared deep sense of connection is so powerful. So I, I very much appreciate what you're saying. So one of the things that you talked about, Jonathan, is how Brian brings in different kinds of composers. And one of the things I understand you're doing, Brian, is uh, focusing on composers that are living. All too often we're uh, performing music that is long ago, and you're trying to pull in living composers and also composers from underrepresented groups. Can you talk a bit about why that's so important to you and introducing that music to your choirs in the community? Of course. Um, as a choral artist and music educator, I really believe it's critical that we support the creation of new music because music at its essence, right, is a collaborative art. It's about people, and as we've said before, uh, connection. It's about diversity and inclusion. It's an art form that by nature it integrates, it assimilates elements and influences from all styles, identities, genres, cultures, both historic and contemporary, because we have a timeline. 
For me, that's led to a career spent developing deep relationships with living composers whose art I support and champion. Um, many of these people have become my friends and um, has allowed me to have global connections to bring back to my students and my community. The most exciting thing is to discover and meet a new artist. Mm -hmm. It's like getting a fresh new look at the world. Uh, I always say it's like a new lens to peer through and explore, to reflect on, integrate. It's magical and fascinating, right? I mean, it's amazing. Uh, I'd like to say there's composers in every culture of the world, but think about all the lenses we can look through in a concert program. Uh, one of the things I focus on in my research and my career is innovative programming. Mm. Um, that we can share with our communities. Uh, we can present a concert, for example, let's just say about water. And when we start looking at music from around the globe, uh, the connection to water can be vastly diverse. Uh, when we add the element of historical perspective, it can be exponentially deeper expansion of perspective in any of these contexts. The way a Sudanese composer may view water will be very different from, say, an island nation or uh, someone with a connection to environmentalism or using uh, a text that can be from data studies. Um, for example, there's a project with a composer, friend of mine from New York State, Glenn McClure, who's collaborated with Nazareth in the past. And Glenn and I are trying to reach out to our environmental studies department to be able to take dat scientific data uh, collected by our students and he will codify that data into melodic material. Wow. And so that's kind of mixing science and music and mixing our two departments, our two worlds into something that again will change lives literally and figuratively. Um, so I, I, I really think it's, Im it's important to always be thinking ahead and innovate and to represent um, all walks of life. Uh, and I can say for, you know, I'm very proud to say that my programming is consistently throughout my career about 70% um, historically underrepresented composers, whether that's women composers, BIPOC, LGBTQT composers. Um, because I'm a teacher and we're at an institution of higher learning, we're sending students out to be the next generation of educators and change makers, of course, right? So by doing this type of music and supporting these composers, they can then draw on them and keep it going forward and keep innovative and relevant. That is extraordinary. I, I, um, now I'm envious, Jonathan and Elena. I wish I had the voice to be able to be in this program, but I honestly, that is extraordinary. Uh, in my knowledge of music education, I think you're very rare. You're very unusual to bring that expertise and what a uh, profound educational experience you are clearly getting, Jonathan and Elena. I'm, I'm really, I'm moved by that. And of course, water being a wonderful metaphor for movement, which becomes very powerful as well. Elena, can you comment on this element of your education? How does working with the living composers impact you? Absolutely. Um, I have found that working with living composers to be extremely impactful. Um, hearing their perspectives on a particular piece of music that we're working on 
Um, those perspectives are invaluable. We learn about specific moments that have great meaning to them and the meaning behind those moments. Um, so whenever we meet with a composer, I'm taking notes in my score and putting stars in certain spots, remembering this was a moment of importance for the composer and we really need to work to bring that out. Um, additionally, you know, besides just the specific work, it's really helpful to hear the composer's process, how they get from, you know, the beginning of a musical idea into a finished work. Um, it's inspiring. And it really, I think for a lot of students, especially in the middle of the semester, we're all struggling a little bit. We're all looking for that motivation. Sometimes we have these, you know, musical blocks and hearing about these professionals working in the real world who also experience those blocks and share their ideas of how they work past them, how they get around it, whether that's going for a walk or um, you know, finding a different way to view the music. Um, so all around, it, it really is a very impactful experience and it certainly informs our performances. That's a profound observation. I, I, I think that's very, very interesting to think about how you are getting a far different experience of process. Life is process. It is not a, a final composition. And so you're getting a much different experience, relationship with music by engaging in that process of creation, the process of communication, the process of expression. I think that's, that's really powerful. Brian, it, what strikes me is that you have this fabulous network that you're working with of composers, some of whom you've had a long relationship with, some of whom you're discovering anew. And what an opportunity that provides for our students to um, experience this network with you. How do you how do you fit that in to what you're doing? Well, there's there's a lot of ways we can do this. Uh, for example, I mean, I'll use a, I'll use an example that didn't materialize because of the pandemic, but literally as the pandemic struck, we were in the middle of preparing for a composer and residency program I initiated with a, a dear friend of mine, Morten Janssen from Sweden, um, highly acclaimed published composer, who we commissioned a piece from for the treble choir and we're gonna do a series of premieres of his works. He was going to come to Nazareth, uh, both choirs giving full performances of his concerts with him here. He would then work with our music ed students because he's a teacher. He would work with our composition students, obviously as a composer. And um, we were maybe gonna to try to get something with the voice area with diction for Swedish language. Um, we were we were going to premiere as Requiem Novum, which was a choral orchestral piece. It would have been the United United States premiere and only the second performance of it ever. Um, but unfortunately, uh, that happened. So that's one way is to by bringing them here and doing a, say a concert experience of all of their music. It really is a deep dive. Um, but I really hope to give our students an awareness. Um, and the relevance of the choral arts of music being made right now. Um, this network um, is exciting, but it also, I really want them to see that they can, they can make these connections on their own. Their composers are people. Uh, our art form is collaboration and connection and deals with people and community. 
So, you know, by showing them how easy it is to do this, I hope that they then go out and do this and continue continue these to establish these choral communities um, to show them that you know focusing their artistry into something new uh, and to collaborate is an experience that has value it has meaning uh, through these types of collaborations we develop compassion we develop empathy inclusion and as we said before global awareness um, I think to have them be involved in the process of commissioning a piece and bringing it to life uh, can give them these connections for their future as endeavors, as I've said, and they can go and continue the process forward. Well, I hope we'll still be able to host your colleague. I think that sounds very, very exciting and a, and a very powerful experience. What also strikes me is uh, I can imagine a series that is composing during a time of pandemic and frankly, in a, even a bigger way, you know, I, I believe we're living in a very revolutionary time. Mm -hmm. So what is it to compose art, to compose music during a time of revolution? Mm -hmm. And I, I think there's so much powerful reflection and powerful work, of course, that is emerging from this time. So I'll look forward to participating in that once it happens. I, I'm confident it will. Outstanding. Excellent. So are you doing a lot of commission pieces that are that are premiering with your with your choirs? And what's it like to debut a piece? We are. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely a challenge. Um, there's no previous version to listen to for the students, for example, or myself. Uh, we're literally breathing life into something that's never been heard before the moment we do any utterances at all. Mm. Um, it's nerve wracking because you hope you get it right and the composer's pleased, uh, but it's also exciting and rewarding. The entire process, it's fresh, it unites us together as an ensemble, or like I like to call the singers, we're a family. Mm. Um, in the last three years, we've premiered, I believe, nearly 15 pieces um, wow. since I've been at Nazareth and commissioned eight specifically for my ensembles. Uh, this coming November 20th, the Chamber Singers will have two world premieres uh, by acclaimed composers Marie-Claire Saint-Dôme from Canada and American composer Sarah Rimkus, both are dear friends of mine. Um, we had a piece last semester, a world premiere that we commissioned from Sarah, um, which was called The Arctic Turns Prayer, which was debuted, our recording was debuted as a world premiere at the British Choral Directors Virtual Conference. Um, so that was very exciting this fall. Um, both choirs have several U.S. premieres coming up by interna international composers. Um, the one, one of the things I'm excited about is the chamber singers are performing a piece called There Is No Rose by Agneta Hold from uh, Sweden, another uh, friend of mine. And I just got news that this piece will be performed and premiered on the website of the publisher, Germans Music Forlag, as part of their Swedish Choral Music Initiative. Oh, that's which fantastic. Yeah, they highlight international choirs of excellence performing Swedish choral music. Um, and so that's going to be really cool. We also uh, have a really interesting program I think you'll love in the spring, where we have at least three commissions, uh, one of which is for the Alzheimer's Awareness Experiential Concert. Uh, something that we're performing in collaboration with the Music Therapy Department and the Rochester Alzheimer's Association. Um, 
it will feature a new commission by uh, award-winning composer Sarah Cortell um, and others as we are able to do um, an experiential concert for patients and families and caregivers of uh, Alzheimer's and dementia who will, um, working in collaboration with the music therapy area, be able to have um, a concert experience which will be during the day wow. before our actual concert. So it's going to be pretty amazing. And you'll see some uh, things about it soon. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm delighted to hear about the interdisciplinary connection. And, you know, I, I truly believe that change makers are, are, must be interdisciplinary in their, uh, in their thinking, in their mindset, in their understanding and engagement in the world. And I think you're exemplifying that with, with these kinds of initiatives. Thank Elena, you. I can't imagine how exciting this must be for you. I can't imagine, Jonathan, how must how exciting this must be for you. So two last questions for each of you. Jonathan, tell us about how it feels when you debut a new work. You're getting a lot of experience with that, which is really exceptional. You know, it, it, it truly is um, amazing being able to not only have U.S. premieres, but also having world premieres um, in our concert set. Um, when, when Professor Stevens introduces a, a new composer, you know, as, as a future music educator, it, it feels like I'm getting new crayons. Like, it, it's just this <laughs> big, exciting Love thing. And, uh, and I'm able to start connecting between, like, new composers and, and not the same ones that you hear over and over again, which, mind you, there's so many good ones. But it, it's amazing being able to grow and, and meet new composers and hear new work. Um, and, and how I like to think of it is that, we're, we're creating this, this giant quilt and, mm. uh, and, the, and the composers are, are the threads um, that make it grow more and more. Um, thank you to Professor Stevens for helping me come to that realization of that's really what it is. Um, and, and it's amazing how many composers reach out to Professor Stevens and say, hey, um, we want to write a piece for you or, hey, I have this piece. You would sound amazing on it. Um, and just being able to hear that it's truly amazing. Um, but so as, as the president of the NAS chapter of ACDA, um, with the help of Professor Stevens, we're actually doing something truly amazing that I'm very proud of. Um, we're, we're doing an international composition competition, actually, um, to kind of draw more people into the, the program that Professor Stevens is growing here at NAS. Um, so we'll, we'll be getting a piece um, to debut in the spring. And it, it's just, it's cool to, to connect to the whole world and not just the Rochester area. Um, but yeah, growing professionally, um, it, it's, it's, it, it's amazing. It is. Oh, I can just imagine how you are going to be as a music educator and how far different you will be as a music educator because of this transformational experience. I can hear it and I can feel it. It's, it's very inspiring. And Elena, I know that there are exciting upcoming concerts, but I'm also really curious to hear you talk a little bit about Changemaker and how it's shaping your pursuit of music therapy as a field. Absolutely. Um... It's an extremely important part of being a music therapist, being a reflexive music therapist. Um, you know, in each session, it's an opportunity to um, aid the client in working towards their goals and working towards, um, you know, 
areas that they want to achieve, whether it's musical or non-musical. I think that, you know, this is something that our profession especially needs right now um, to put on this change maker lens and to consider um, how we can, what research we can do to ensure that we are being the best change makers that we can be, um, making sure that we are doing right by our clients and continuing to push our profession forward in in a great direction. Um, and I think you know moments like this this concert are are opportunities for us to to get to connect with the Rochester community um, as we are doing in the clinic right here. I think that's great. You know what I hear you saying is that um, we're bringing the world to Rochester. I hear it and feel it. Um, we are engaging with this wonderful world in which we're living as an active part of the change making that is occurring in our midst. And I'm, I'm very, very inspired and moved and I can hardly wait for the concerts to come up. So I will very much look forward to being with you in those performances. And I thank you so much for participating in this conversation today. I know you've given me a lot to think about and I know you've given our listeners a lot to think about too. So thank you, thank you, thank you. As an added treat, we leave you with last semester's world premiere performance of The Arctic Turns Prayer by Sarah Rimkus, a piece commissioned by the Nazareth College Choirs for performance by the Nazareth Chamber Singers. Enjoy. Enjoy.